Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the recent conversations we've had on JM and the AM. Jonathan Greenstein was with us recently. We talked about the big auction that's coming up, a Judaica auction with some fabulous items. Jonathan Greenstein, a recent guest on JM and the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind on the Nachum Siegel Network. Well, I uh, and I got to thank Jonathan Greenstein because he never forgets to, um, to send me the latest catalog, uh, the Greenstein Gallery has an auction of rare, antique, and artisan Judaica happening on Wednesday, July 13th. That's this coming Wednesday, starting at 11 a.m. at their gallery at 417 Central Avenue in Cedarhurst. And uh, there's an absentee bid form on the last page of the catalog. If you're listening right now and you want to be involved, Jonathan will explain all of that coming up. But again, it's happening Wednesday, July 13th. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of items. Of course, I have already, <laughs> I have already uh, earmarked those that have struck my fancy. Jonathan Greenstein, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. And Nachum, always a pleasure to speak to you, my oldest and dearest friend. What's going on, brother? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you and I, you and I were just uh, speaking off the air about how quickly the years go, and I guess the two of us are really good eyewitnesses to that, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a long time since a Saturday night at Bernstein. So much I could tell you. Oh, that's for sure. Well, I mean, I'm going to start with item number four, and you probably knew that I was going to start with item number four because look, your catalog is filled with incredible silver, amazing Judaica. I mean, things that. Uh, are, are priceless to an extent. Obviously, there's an opening bid, and there are people who are willing to pay a lot of money to have these items. I get all of that, but you sure. know, but you know that there's certain things that strike my fancy often off the beaten path of the silver and traditional Judaica. And item number four, Jonathan Greenstein, is a very large Soviet Jewry rally poster for those of us who remember Solidarity Sunday. Uh, this is from the Greater New York Conference on Soviet Jewry. It is an amazing piece of art, frankly. Uh, not a bad. Uh, estimate in terms of those who would like this item in their collection. Not a bad estimate, about a thousand dollars. We don't know what you know what it'll go for eventually, but that's what uh, what you're estimating it at right now. Um, how does how does a poster like this get into a Judaica auction? Well, I mean, it's Judaica. You know, anything related to the Jewish religion or the Jewish nation and the Jewish people, you know, as far as an object is concerned, could be considered Judaica. I mean, it was a historical time. You know, um, for Jewish New Yorkers and you know Jews all over the world to try to get the rest of the Russian Jews out of out of um, Russia. You know, um, remember marching with Mary Kahana in the late seventies. You know, the early seventies on my father's shoulders. You know, it's um, it's a, you know, real. Uh, it was a, a real important time that you know we were marching to get our brothers out. Now you know, and, it, and it worked. Is is this an item? I'm being serious now. Is this an item that has limited a limited audience? Uh, for instance, if someone you know in their home has a few of these lying around, is it is it worth it for them to contact you, or this is a you know it, it's it's limited in the number of people that are going to be bidding on an item like this? Yeah, no, it's, it's not. It's your atypical, you know, your you know, non-typical, you know, piece of Judaic art. You know, it's it, it's really going to appeal to people that remember those years and, right. and want a memory. You know, and when I saw it, and I vaguely even remembered it from like literally almost forty years ago. Mm-hmm. You mean imagine that? Not from forty years ago. You know, yeah. and it seems like yesterday. Yeah. And uh, it, it struck me that I wanted to put it in my catalog, so we did. Very cool. I like it a lot. Very, very cool. Thank you. Uh, Thank I, you. I go to I, <laughs> I go to item number twenty five. A Shana Tova and Passover teacup. Now, how could something be, both be a Rosh Hashanah and Pesach teacup? What's meant by that? Um, well, it has a couple of decorations on it that uh, have both words. You know, they have, oh. it says Kosher Shal Pesach on it. And the other, and the other side, it says Shana, Shana Tova. Oh, very so, cool. So, I mean, yeah, whoever decided on the, at the <laughs> moment to do this, they did it. You know, it's... Um, I got it. I, it's it's a, an adorable little thing that you found popular around at the turn of the century, about two, about a hundred years ago. Right, and you think it's uh, you you assume it's from England, and it certainly looks like it has that that look to it. Uh, I go to item I go to item number one sixty five. Jonathan Greenstein is with us. Rare and historical Jewish ritual objects and art are being auctioned off this coming Wednesday, July the thirteenth, beginning at eleven a.m. at the Greenstein Gallery. We'll give you the information in a minute. Uh, now, you know, it's funny because there are items when I look through your catalog, I say, wow, that estimate's way too high. And I say, ooh, that estimate's very low. That's, you know, that's something to really consider. 
when it yeah. com- when it yeah. com- when it comes to one sixty five, this is underpriced in my opinion. A complete set of Nivium on cloth. We're talking about uh, real parchment, uh, real what look like Torah scrolls, but I assume each one of them are individual Nivium, individual prophets. Obviously, there are many Batekinesiot. There are many shuls around the world who do read the Haftorah each week from a cloth, from actual parchment. And this, especially the inside of it, the pictures you have of the inside of these, look spectacular. Honestly, the entire collection for between twelve and fifteen grand, I think, is underpriced. Yeah, no, there's, there's no question that's going to greatly exceed the uh, lower estimate. It's from an estate uh, in New Jersey. Wow. Um, the um, executor of the estate is probably close to in his 70s now, and this was already his father's. Uh, these were written in Poland, but not necessarily for use in Poland. They were written uh, in Poland for use here in America. You know, now when you order a Sefer Torah, you know, through us, you know, we call Eretz Yisrael, right. and, uh, you know, we deal with the so from there. And... Um, you know, I have a safer, you know, before that, you know, if you wanted something written, Poland was the, the center of Safras, you know, before World War II. Uh, you know, so if you wanted, um, you know, if you wanted a, a set like this written, you know, you'll always find it in the old Polish Ksav. The, the cloth is about 22 inches tall. Yeah, it's mashuach, which means it's painted on the outside, you know, the uh, the white kind of whitewash on the outside. Right. Um, it's Kohelis, Yoshua, Shoftim, Treyasar, Shmuel, Yecheskel, Malachim, Yermiyah, and Yeshaya. Uh, and it's uh, an excellent condition in an old Polish based Yaakov Ksav. Uh, that's absolutely, it's a, I mean, it's a lost art. You know, nobody writes like this anymore. You know, it's, um, you know, Ksav has changed dramatically over the last 50, 60 years, and it's absolutely beautiful. And you're right. If you had to write this now, you're probably looking between fifty and $100,000. Oh, for sure. And it ended up in someone's private collection, likely two possibilities. Either a synagogue closed, right, and ended up in someone, or someone actually bought it, right? Someone actually went no, ahead. No, no, no. I, I think these were actually privately owned. And from what I understand, I think the guy was a Balkari, because I know that the son is 70 years old. There's also a Balkari. Wow. You know, so, uh, yeah, and yeah, somebody would want to have their own set of clocks. Of cloth Nivium. It's yeah, pretty- yeah, yeah. We, I, I've sold several, several individual, you know, um, Nivium over the course of the years to various schools in the neighborhood. You so know, but it's, it's always one person that's buying it and donating it. It's usually what happens. Wow, unbelievable. Item number two eleven. One of the most beautiful Kiddush cups I've ever seen. Yaakov Davidoff. Any uh, any history on this one, or just a nice Kiddush cup? No, no. Uh, Yaakov Davidoff is an incredible artist living in Eretz Israel. Uh, he's you know one of the old school Russian silversmiths, you know that immigrated you know, to Eretz Israel, and he took his trade with him, uh, and he works extremely delightful with enamel, and he's also creative. You know his stuff is usually a lot more um, royal looking, but he got a little I don't want to say playful with this, you know, but he got very artsy with it. You know, it's a you know very multiple colored. You know, it, it kind of looks like almost 1960-ish. You know, if you look at the, right. um, you know, the, the like that post Art Deco look to it. Right, a but bit, yeah, a a bit a, more a, dignified than that, right? Like a drop, yeah, exactly. Like an like an enhanced 60s type uh, uh, theme. Yeah, exactly. You know, something that you that if they made Kiddush in the movie Hair, they'd be using this stuff. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? Exactly. <laughs> right. Depending on who the director is, <laughs> if it was somebody with exactly. somebody with taste, they would use this one. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Dawning of the Age of Aquarius Cup, that's what we'll call it today. <laughs> I'm surprised that's not in the description, frankly. Now, yeah, now yeah. You, have a, you have a few pages here um, which, are, um, which have items from a personal collection, right? That's how it works, starting, on, starting with number 225. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Well, this, this auction is basically three estates uh, and a... Um, an institution that deaccessioned their collection. That's the overall majority. You know, starting at 225, you know, for the next bunch of lots was an artist named Ilya Shore. Ilya Shore is the most sought-after silversmith that lived in the 20th century. Wow. Uh, he was um, personally rescued from Europe uh, by Eleanor Roosevelt, you know, because of his, I guess because of his talent, because, uh, you know, I wasn't there, I don't know. Right. But they're very, uh, Ilya and Risa Shore were very close friends with Isidore and Nancy Martyr. Uh, they traveled together. They were neighbors. They were extremely close. And Ilya Shore made all these items for the martyrs. I mean, he sold these to them. I'm sure. You know, I'm sure it wasn't free. Uh, but you know, to, to have a collection of Ilya Shore put away for mamish seventy years, untouched, unseen, never in the market, it, it's uh, it's monumental to the, you know to anybody that collects Judaica. You know, the estimates on these are quite low. You know, my feeling is they're going to at least be double that. Uh, and um, 
It's 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 out of this world. Does everything in a catalog go? Fifty percent of it goes. What percentage of a typical auction usually sells? Uh, anywhere between seventy and ninety. Oh you know, wow, it it's that on the high. Auction. Yeah, yeah, we've had you know auctions during you know bad financial times, you know, or just honestly wasn't such interesting things that you know sold fifty, sixty, sixty-five percent. Right. But for the most part, if I had to average it out over the last eighty-two auctions, uh, I would say we're probably in the in the seventy to ninety percent catalog. Wow. Yeah, you know, especially it all depends on price and and you know attractiveness. You know, like I said, the Ilya Short collection is going to go crazy. It's going to go out of this world because it's uh, it's incredible things that haven't been seen in 70 years. All right, two more things, and then I'll uh, let you give everyone the information if they want to join all of this. Um, sure. Item 312, it's a great Lower East Side scene. Harry Glaubach, uh, it's wooden. Um, I, I'm assuming that um, that uh, it, it was made years ago, right? This is not something that was done yesterday, correct? This yeah, is, correct. It was made. It was made probably about 20, 30 years ago. And it's just it's a lot of cute things on it. And uh, anybody who's from the Lower East Side, I'm thinking maybe I need it for my for, for my new studio rebuild. I gotta get this. <laughs> the, but anybody from the Lower East Side or any connection there, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a beautiful wooden Lower East Side scene. The estimate's pretty good, just about a thousand dollars. And yeah. and again, you don't you have no idea. There could be somebody for whom this is tremendous sentimental value, who's willing to spend a lot more than that. And uh, and who knows. Uh, anyway, anything yeah. special about this item you want to mention? Uh, well, Harry, Harry Glaubach, you know, not only did Judaica things like this, but he did a lot of baseball stuff. He did the New York Yankees. You oh, know, wow. he did. Um, yeah, he, he, t- he took blocks of wood, you know, hand painted nostalgic things in it. You know, like the house that Ruth built, um, and uh, and put them together on wood in the back. I don't remember if you remember Essex on Coney. Sure. Um, you, you know, years ago, sure. you know, when they first opened. Oh they yes. Right, they had all, all that cool stuff, right? Right, that was all Harry Klaubach. That was all him. Um, you know, and, and his stuff isn't incredibly, you know, expensive. Personally, I think it's incredibly undervalued. And over the course of time, this is the kind of thing that 20, 30 years from now, you know, will be worth three or four times what somebody paid for it. That's my opinion. Wow. Uh, you know, but it just as a pure nostalgia piece, piece of piece of art. You know, listen. We all know the Lower East Side is you know nowhere near as Heimish as it used to be. You know, this is just a nice throwback to you know, um, you know, to to walking down and seeing Gertel's Bakery. No you question I mean? about it. No question about it. And finally, I got to mention this one, item one ninety three. It's a signed letter from Meyer Lansky to his daughter from December of 1970 during the time that he was in Israel trying to gain Israeli citizenship. And, of course, he was extradited, something that many, many people will never forgive the Israeli government for, frankly. That's after, correct. After everything that he did for Israel. And there's specific people in the Israeli government, I won't name them right now, so not with us yeah. anymore, who, who have always been the target of this criticism, and I think rightfully so. But anyway, forget the politics for a second. That's really, really cool. A letter from Lansky, who had amazing handwriting, by the way, uh, to yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, to his daughter. Yeah, very, very proper. I've had you know a lot of Marlansky uh, letters over the course of the years. You know, he wrote he wrote a lot of letters. You know, obviously there was no internet. You know, it was yeah. before the internet, but after carrier pigeons. You know, so letters were the way to go. And he, you know, he wrote a lot of them. He was very close with um, his uh, Yushki. That was like his security detail while he was in Eretz Israel, and he maintained a friendship with him over the course of the years afterwards. You know, so and, you know, this guy Yushki sold all of his letters years ago. So his handwriting is, is, you know, is extremely easy to tell because it's it's almost identical in every single letter. But, you know, but uh, you know, whatever they said about Lansky, you know, good and bad. Yeah. He was he was a father, and he wrote a letter to his daughter. Yeah, you know, like what, everybody else. And what a period of time to have a letter from. That's really that for, again for those who remember. That is a uh, it's really cool to have one from the time that he was trying to gain Israeli citizenship. Uh, there are plenty of Haggadahs, plenty of uh, of uh, summon boxes, plenty of Ka'aras, um, menorahs, Kiddush cups, uh, Neros, meaning the uh, candlesticks, silver candlesticks, tefillin boxes. I mean, the list goes on and on. Megillas and, and different um, groggers for Purim, uh, dreidels, and, um, and um, uh, I mentioned... Yeah. Safer Towers has got a couple. Is there of those a Safer Tower in here? Yeah, there's there's actually three. There's one brand new one that's ready to see them. You know, the last hundred Osios are just, uh, you know, are just uh, boxed out. You know, they're not filled in. It was written by a Slonimer Chassid uh, named Weintraub in Eretz Israel. Uh, that's in there. You know, Seafree Towers are very hard to come by now. New ones are extremely expensive, so there's yeah. one in there. There's a brand new Tehillim on cloth. You know, that seems to be a uh, a thing now. Uh, that's uh, written in a rod in Eretz Israel by Gerach Hasid. Uh, and you got two antique Sefer Torahs, you know, that are both puzzle, 
Uh, one uh, was probably Polish. It's very, very small. I think it's nine or ten inches. Uh, and the other one is an old Yekish, an old German Ksav. Uh, that also, that one may be restorable. It needs a lot of work, but it's only 13 inches and has, you know, has the most craziest letters, you know, on, on uh, you know, that I, that I've seen from German Seafrey Torres. That's actually we've become a lot busier with Seafrey Torres, you know, since COVID uh, than we were in the last 20 years. What you about know, what people. about the Moroccan one, item four thirteen? How's that? That's pretty inexpensive, frankly, in terms of the estimate. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, there's two reasons for that. Number one, it's, you know, it's um, we we have a tradition, uh, Ashkenazim, not to mashuach the inside. That means we don't paint the inside. Uh. We only paint the outside of it. The Sfarim hold that it's okay to mashuach the inside, or held it. You know, now nothing is mashuach, not on the inside and not on the outside, because it adds a lot of weight, uh, you know, to it. You know, so. Um, for an Ashkenaz, it's not really. I mean, you really can't make that kosher. Right. Uh, and for a Sfard, you know, most most people would, you know, just rather buy a non mashuach safer. So at this point, this is more of a collectible. You know, that's why the price is what it is. Who uh, had to get a hold of the four single dollars given from the Lubavitcher Rebbe? Uh, one of the guys, you know, one of my you know, usual, you know, usual, I don't want to say usual suspects, but one of my usual consigners. You know, I think I have. In, you know, I think I have some dollars in the Rebbe somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I also. I mean, I, I had like three or four of them. And then over the course of years, I gave them to various cholim, and uh, yeah, I just forgot who I even gave them to. But right. yeah, it wasn't that wasn't that a magical experience visiting the rabbi? Oh, that was incredible. It, 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 mamish magical. You could look into his piercing eyes, and he yeah. could look at you and tell you everything you did wrong and everything you did right in about thirty seconds. The day before my wedding, gave me a dollar for the chasana, a dollar for the kala, and a dollar for the chasana. I said oh, to my, I said to myself, almost paid for the Verrazano toll, uh, <laughs> but yeah, a hundred percent extra special. And yeah, don't worry, everyone. Everyone in Chabad is probably nervous that I don't know where they are. I think I know where they are. Don't worry about it. Um, and, and tell me about four fifteen, the Brooklyn Hebrew Orphan Asylum Box Fund. Is that a an organization that grew into something we'd be familiar with, or it's just a traditional no. wooden? It's a wooden stucco box. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, I mean, it existed back in the time. I don't know right. if it turned into anything. You know, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But you know, I mean, it was a, a pretty popular charity, you know, back about a hundred years ago, you know, you know, we, we were not living with modern medicine. People would die of tuberculosis. People would die of other things in the 40s, you know, when they were thirties and forties, right. you know, the, the, you know, the length of life, you know, in 1900 was greatly different than it is now, yeah. you know, so there were a lot of Hebrew orphans and we had to support them. You know, this was a, a, a nice, I don't want to say folk art, but folk art, you know, a charity box. Yeah, I got it. Uh, Jonathan Greenstein and I remind you that there's an auction of rare antique and artisan Judaica this coming Wednesday, July the 13th, beginning at 11 a.m. The gallery is at 417 Central Avenue in Cedarhurst. Uh, Jonathan, what do you recommend? What do you recommend for people who want to get involved in this, both who can come to the gallery and who cannot come to the gallery? Just go to the website. You can bid online now. You know, in the olden days, we used to rent out uh, the Martinique Hotel, right. you know, bring everything to the city. Before that, we, you know, we did it at the Sheridan. You know, now digital photography is so good, and nobody wants to leave their homes. Everybody just bids online. <laughs> you know, really, it, you know, it, when, does bidding, it, when does bidding begin? Uh, it's, it's open already. It's, oh, you know, you it's open it. on the internet. Yeah, it's a live. It's a live auction. You know, just like you know every other you know real auction house where I stand there and I go, I got a hundred dollars on that one, you know, all the way or you know, two hundred dollars, and uh, it, it could be. And the internet uh, bids against me or the phone bidder or the order bidder, uh, or yeah, we have people that still come into the room, right. you know, and sit down and. Take a chair and a number and a paddle, just like we did 30 years ago, you know, 20, 20 years ago, whatever it was, uh, and um, and did, you know, you just register in person. But, you know, the, web, the website really explains everything. If you go to the website, you know, www.jgreenstein.com, click on auction. Uh, and um, you know it'll, it'll give you a whole run of the catalog. If anybody needs a hard copy of the catalog, I think I got about thirty or forty left. You know, uh, just shoot me an email. You can connect to me through the website, and I'm happy to drop it in the mail for anybody. There you go, jgreenstein.com. A, a, a letter J, letter J, Greenstein, G R E E N S T E I N dot com. That's a website. You can email Jonathan, Jonathan at jgreenstein.com, and get involved in the auction on the thirteenth of July. Always a lot. You know how much I love looking through the catalogs. Always. A lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. And thanks for joining yeah. us this morning, and good luck with the auction. Nachum, love you, brother. I hope everything always stays well. You continue to be blessed, and uh, you're doing an awesome service to the Jewish community, really. Nobody understands how important it is to have you on the air. I appreciate that so much. Thank you, my friend. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, same to you. Jonathan Greenstein, everybody. jgreenstein.com is the website. Check it out. The catalog's amazing, as always. More coming up. You're listening to a Thursday edition of JM in the AM with... 
That was my conversation with Jonathan Greenstein. Joe Klein joined us recently to discuss Chesed and some of the important work that's being done. Here's my conversation with him on JM Rewind on the Nachum Siegel Network. Um, Joe Klein is with us live via telephone. He is the COO of Just One Chesed, and he indicated to me a few days ago that there are some fascinating and wonderful things happening at Just One Chesed, and this is, gives us an opportunity to find out what it's about, and maybe we can then somehow get involved. We'll find out. Joe Klein, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Shalom, Nachum. Thank you so much for having me. Really uh, appreciate it. Good morning. Uh, good morning to you, and a pleasure to speak to you. Remind our listeners where Just One Chesed is based. So Just One Chesed is a 501c3 nonprofit in the United States and has an Amuta also here in Earth Israel. Um, based in the Gush area, Yushalayim area, and uh, all over the Merkaz area as well. And what is Just One Chesed? What is it that you guys do? You were founded on uh, what project or what principle? So the whole goal of Just One Chesed is spreading and connecting people to kindness, connecting people to Chesed. We have different ways that we do that, whether that's with our you know, Chesed Work software, which we are releasing this coming September for schools, and nonprofits, we have about 10 schools that will be joining us all over the world um, that will be managing their students in terms of chesed hours, getting the kids chesed opportunities, and building a whole education curriculum, a chesed curriculum for all of those schools. And we're limiting it to 10, please God, this coming year so that we can really give the focus and energy and incentives and getting these kids inspired in the next generation to do more chesed and, and uh, build a better self. Uh, a lot of schools have chesed programs already. I mean, you, you're obviously aware of that, and uh, I assume that that's what the Correct. that's what the program is so ba- we, is based on. Uh, it sounds yeah. it sounds like you guys have an opportunity to enhance those programs, to come up with uh, even more original ideas, uh, to expand what the kids are already doing, to uh, to be creative with the teachers and those who are in charge of the chesed programs. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, so that's a thousand percent. Uh, we've been. We've been over the past two months nonstop demoing our Chesed Work software to, you know, tens of schools. And each school has been saying to us, quote unquote, our Chesed program has been very, you know, weak. And we need you guys to take it to the next level. And uh, we're going to be in New York, Florida, New Jersey, um, Yerushalayim. We're going to be in a bunch of schools, Chicago, L.A., a bunch of different schools in different areas. And please God, it will be, you know, a big Roshan, a big impact on these kids. And we have other things that we do as well. Um, we have another platform called Chesed Match, which has naturally gone crazy in terms of it's just a directory software to connect people with a resource. You know, there's so many Jewish organizations and, and Gemachim worldwide. Some people just don't know where to turn. So we built a platform and we have two case managers on staff connecting people and uh, without any dollars to marketing or anything like that, we have 4,000 people that are going on monthly and cases that are coming in legit from all around the world and connecting them, just connecting them, being the shidduch, being the shabkin, connecting them to the right place. Can we, the average people out there, access this platform? Chesedmatch.org. Chesedmatch.org with over 4,000 resources and organizations in Gemachem, Chesed resources around the world and growing every single day. Uh, Joe Klein is with us, CEO of Just One Chesed. Now, you had sent me a uh, a um, flyer celebrating the opening of a Chesed Depot, and this is uh, specifically uh, in a reference to the Gush area, which a lot of people are familiar with, and a lot of people, frankly, in the next few weeks are going to be visiting, uh, if they're outside of Israel, are going to be visiting Israel and the Gush area. So maybe this is a golden opportunity uh, to get them involved. What is the Chesed Depot? It's a great question. Thank you, Nachum. Uh, a few months ago, when the Ukraine, you know, refugees were coming to Israel, we had a meeting, a staff meeting with everyone. We were discussing what to do. We were on the ground here in Israel. We, want, we wanted to get involved. And we decided we really should get involved because we didn't know of so many organizations and uh, people on the ground here helping in Israel. So what we, we did to start was we were getting them, you know, clothing, furniture, appliances, and just we had a, so many drives around Israel from Renana to the Gush, to Yushalayim, so many different drives for toys clothing, furniture, appliances, whatever it was, and we realized people were giving away gold. They were giving away their garbage, but it was gold. It was legit gold. And we were doing more and more research about if there's organizations or gemachim that were, you know, being that shadchan of giving, you know, if someone moves out of their Renana house and their, or the Yushalayim house and, and Baruch Hashem, they're well-to-do, they're getting rid of good appliances, they're getting rid of nice fridges, nice ovens, nice dishwashers, and what can they do with it? So 
it was, it's gone crazy with Ukraine refugees, and we've been helping out many, 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 many families, Baruch Hashem, and, and furnishing their houses. And we realized this is a problem throughout Israel. People are giving away good stuff, and they just throw it out to the garbage. And there's, you know, so there's some gemachim throughout Israel that are doing some good work, and you know, they're taking it in, but they don't really have a whole operation. So what happened was we, we built a whole operation without even noticing, noticing that we were giving out to Ukraine refugees, and then all of a sudden, Revacha, social services in different cities were contacting, contacting us to get it to their people who are in need who don't have furnished homes. Like this week, we just there was a couple, a 75-year-old couple in Beersheva that was legit sleeping on the floor. They had no, nothing in their house. And we, we came, and we, from people who were giving away good stuff, we furnished their good, finished their apartment with a full kitchen, full bedroom, everything. And that was all coming from people so, so-called garbage. So this depot opened up because our needs were getting bigger and bigger, bigger and bigger, and we're getting so much stuff. And now we have a place to store stuff. And now we have a trailer. And we're going out two, three days a week based on our budget to keep on going. And we're getting st- good stuff from people. We're, today we're actually in Renana, and we're going and get, delivering it to people in need. And there's not one place like this in Israel. And please, God, it's growing and growing and growing. And, and the needs are growing and growing and growing. And and Baruch Hashem, you know, we're helping a lot of people. And frankly, we're dealing with heavy items. I mean, this, you know, there are chesed matches. Very heavy, heavy. There are chesed matches, and you, of course, are the expert at this because you have chesedmatch.org. There are chesed matches that, that uh, you know, uh, literally require one to connect to another. Here, you have to connect one to another, plus there's a lot of schlepping going on to begin with. There's, we have actually you know, two, three people on staff that are, you know, working part-time and whenever we're going out that are lifting in this. I literally, right before nothing, right before you called, we said to call in, I just got a message that our two workers who are phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal people that are just the most, the best people in the world. And they went and they literally spent an hour, an hour getting a fridge out of the house, out of, out of the house. They had to lift it from, you know, three stories up. And it was, it's it's very very heavy stuff, and that's why we have a trailer, and the needs are growing, and we're thinking about getting a truck, and thinking about getting you know, and more and more and more equipment and stuff like that, and, and yeah, it, it 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 takes a lot. Yeah, I mean that's uh, we have <laughs> people that are volunteering with us that are coming daily and going on the trips, and you know, Baruch Hashem. There is a difficult physical component to this. And maybe during off time, you know, some of the younger people out there can be helpful. Uh, but the truth is, it sounds like this is going on all year round and you have uh, a lot of needs to meet and a lot of uh, appliances to deliver. So anybody out there who wants to hop aboard, I'm sure just one chesed. We're always looking for more and more volunteers to come on board and come with us on the moving days and come with us picking up the stuff from the people that are donating it and coming with us to give it to the people in need. Wow, I'll tell you. What's the most common match at Chesed Match? Because I'm looking at the categories you have here. The categories are extensive. You cover a lot of areas. What, in a typical day, you'll definitely hear about matches that are necessary in what area of Chesed? It's every from mental health to, you know, getting people food. Uh, we were just, you know, helping people who literally didn't have food. And there's a case that just came in a few weeks ago that was, you know, someone was dealing with five different things. You know, they, they can't afford someone to go to a dentist and they need surgery and they, and they're getting divorced and they need closets and they need food. So we're literally sometimes holding their hands. And sometimes people are just going on the platform and getting the resource that they need and they call the organization or they're going on our platform and they're messaging the organization straight from our platform and the organization responds directly from our platform. Wow. Unbelievable. Um, I mean, I, I know you said earlier that at this point, uh, in terms of the software or the platform that you're creating for schools here, uh, is I, I guess we would call it sold out. You're you're experimenting with a certain number of schools, and you're not going to ask others at the moment to join in. Is there going to be a time soon? You think where this is going to be open, where where schools of all backgrounds and uh, and you know hundreds of schools are going to be able yeah, to access we, this? Please, God, we're, we're limiting it to this year. Again, we're limiting it to 10 people. We actually just hired someone that's going to be literally his job is to focus on the education and working with these kids to get inspired about chesed. But the goal is that we're not labeling ourselves modern Orthodox or Haredi or Dr. Lumi. The goal is any Jewish school can come on this platform and get their kids excited about chesed. The goal is to make chesed great again and make, get, keep people excited about chesed and educate these kids and inspire these kids who, you know, it's a hard generation to grow up in, but we're going to have incentives. We're going to give out swag to the top volunteers 
and come up with a whole curriculum and working, we're working with these schools and please God, it could be, you know, following Yisrael's chesed platform and it doesn't matter what kind of shirt you wear, what kind of yarmulke you wear. It's all about chesed. There's no politics, just chesed. Uh, information, go to the website, chesedmatch.org, chesedmatch.org, which is a project of Just One Chesed. Joe Klein is COO of Just, just One Chesed. Just, just if, if they were going on the platform for the schools, they would go to justonechesed.org or chesedworks.com. Chesedworks is specifically for the schools. Got it. Justonechesed.org is a good resource you just heard. Chesedmatch.org. And what's the one for the schools again? Chesedworks.com. Chesedworks.com. And uh, this is an international effort that is being uh, well organized and giving a lot of people an opportunity to really hop aboard and uh, be part of a of this incredible Chesed generation. Those of you out there who want more information, go to the website and uh, hopefully uh, you'll be able to help somebody. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of matches that are taking place and you're getting a lot of requests, I'm sure, from people in need. But I'm hoping that the other side builds as well. Those who are willing to uh, give their services, those who are willing to give their hours, those who are willing to give their funds in order to make uh, uh, these chesed projects happen and keep them as active as possible. Joe Klein, we take this opportunity to wish you continued success with Just One Chesed, and thanks so much for joining us this morning. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time, and uh, look forward, looking forward to updating you more. Yeah, please do, because the work you're doing is pretty remarkable. More coming up. It's Wednesday. It's JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Joe Klein. Yoni C was with us a couple of weeks ago to discuss the brand new album that he released. It was a new music alert day with Yoni Z. Here's that conversation on JM Rewind at the Nahum Single Network. It's a bond that never ends, no And thank God for that You are princes among men In the service of Hashem It's a love that never ends, no And thank God for that, cause
Well, it's a song that's very familiar to many of us at this point because Yoni Z released it as a single. It's called Crown, and you will find it on the brand new album entitled Ahava with a lot of great brand new music. Uh, Yoni Z is actually traveling to Israel. He's got a bunch of stuff to do internationally, uh, but we wanted to get him on before he leaves. Uh, he's leaving later today. We wanted to get him on before he leaves so we could just get a, a word or two about the brand new album and wish him well on this amazing effort. Again, the album is called Ahava. Yoni Z, welcome back to JM in the AM. Do we have? Oh, there we go. Yoni Z, welcome back to JM in the AM. <laughs> it's great to be back. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Nacho. I appreciate that, and good morning to you. You know, I um, it, it, it's, it's one of those 2022 questions to start things off, and that is that uh, people like yourself who are uh, just uh, – killing it out there in the Jewish music world, uh, continue to release singles and continue to, you know, uh, stay just uh, on top of their game. Uh, but at some point you say to yourself, you know what? The singles may not be enough. I need to put out a collection. I need to put out something that's, you know, I assume going to be, you know, a, a, a real earth shattering experience for everybody, you know, as they, as they, as they have the rarity of experiencing eight, nine, ten songs at once, uh, which we don't always get a chance to do. What is that like making that decision of how to utilize, you know, the, the upcoming months, whether you're going to stay on the single route or actually get into the studio and try to put together an entire album? Well, it's, it's a huge undertaking. It is a huge decision, um, and it basically means that you're bunkering in for at least, you know, a year, like really tying yourself down to creating this album, and especially in this case where I wrote the songs and I wrote a lot of the arrangements together with Schlamy Zaltzman, who arranged the entire album musically. Um, but I think that, you know, people... Um, as much as the singles game has become a very popular game, I think that there are so many people, and I'm seeing it now with this new album, that people who reach out and they're like, thank you so much for a new album. I can just go to work and listen to an album. I can listen to, you know, because an album is like, like you said, it's, it's a taking on a huge project and, and, and trying to create something earth shattering. So when we finally get the opportunity to do that again and, you know, bring Jewish music to, this, you know, we get to bring this kind of, this amount of Jewish music to people. It's, it's very exciting and, and really, really, you know, we're happy that we can provide people with 12 new songs like we did here, Bar Hashem. And it's funny because, and I'm sure I'll discuss this with other people that, you know, are, are, are going the same route. Uh, it's funny because y you have no choice. You know, people, people say, oh, you included this single on the album. You have no choice but to include those singles on the album because if you don't, that, 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 it's part of, it's part of the, it's part of the great work that you're doing and you don't want to leave out a piece that's so important to your, you know, big, big package of work. Of course, and it's very much also like the way just, you know, PR and marketing is done today is that you need to have a single or two off the album before it comes out so that people start realizing, hey, a, you know, an album is on the way. Um, because if you just drop a single and then, you know, move on from it and then what, I, like, you know, it, it, it can get lost in the mix or whatever it is. Right. But you want to make sure that, you know, a song like Crown that you just played, sure. Crown is a beautiful song, thank God. But when you listen to the album, it's really like a piece of a puzzle. Um, so, you know, it, it was important to me. And, and I think that that's just become the new standard, the new norm. In the same way, so many other things have changed in the music industry. Whether it's, you know, we've gone from, from CDs to USBs or other things. It's just, you know, today I think people have almost come to expect that you're going to release some of the music before so they could get a taste of where you're headed with your next album and your next piece of art. You know, Crown is a great single, and not just for the youngsters out there. I think some people are under the impression that you're trying to give a message to the very young people about, you know, about Jewish pride and about, you know, how they should view their membership in, you know, the Jewish nation. But the reality is, it's really a song for all ages, wouldn't you say? Thank you. I would. I, I actually tried to very much, and, and I'll say this, you know, for the record, my Jewish music that I create is not strictly for children. I know a lot of people today in the industry um, have really started to see this as like, well, if you want to make the big bucks, target the kids. Right. And if you listen to this album, it's a very family-friendly album, but by no way I don't think this album excludes um, adults. And Crown, yeah, Crown applies to everyone at every age. I mean, I, I didn't write it as a, as a kid or as a teenager. I wrote it as a 30-year-old. 
because I really felt that it speaks to all ages. And it's like, you know, I think that as adults, sometimes we can forget that wherever we are, we also are wearing that crown. We are also, you know, the name Malachem. And, you know, princes among men and princesses among men. So I really wanted to make sure that just, you know, people understand that all this music and all the messages are really for all ages and ranges. And, uh, and I hope people really get that. I, I assume the message came before the song on that one, right? Because it, it sounds like you were on a mission to, to communicate a specific type of message to everybody about Jewish pride and about being a member of I the was. Jewish nation. I was. Um, I'll be honest with you. It, um, it, it kind of came, particularly Crown was born from the uh, public you know, demonizing characterizations that I was seeing made on different streaming platforms and, and film platforms of, of religious Jews. And I was like, you know, I just, I kind of had enough of it. And I was like, you know, if our kids are watching this or even adults, and it's like people were really, really hurt by a lot of what was going on in the media about from Jews and reality shows and whatnot. And I was like, this song is a, is a punchback at that. Yeah, so that's really and done really well. Crown. I must say, done really well. The oh, lyric, the, so the lyrics, and the music done really well. And now that you explained, you know what, what the impetus was, it, it makes it even more meaningful. Yoni Z is with us live via telephone. The brand new album is called Ahava. I'm assuming it's available everywhere where people buy their, where people buy their digital material these days, right? Did you actually make yeah. any? Did you actually make any CDs or, or no need at this point? We, we made some CDs and, and USBs, and they're hitting stores, God willing, tomorrow, I believe. All right, so you asked yeah. for Yoni Z Ahava. All right, I'm going to give you. The choice because I'm on, I put you under the time pressure this morning. Uh, where do you, where do you, where do you want to go? Give us a song from the brand new album that you'd love to feature this morning on Jam in the AM. Oh wow! So let's think. What's gonna What's gonna get people moving in the morning? Oh, um, that's the That's the question. That That's really the, That's really the question. Um, <laughs> I think we should go. With, let's go with the opening number with um, Misty Bob. Let's let's make people a little bit of a misipa on the morning in their cars on their way to work. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea a lot. It is a great way to start a Monday, everybody. Brand new Yoni Z. You're listening to JM in the AM on a Monday morning broadcast. The best place for brand new Jewish music and, of course, a new music alert Monday. It's called Misiba Yoni Z from the album Ahava. This is JM in the AM.
a.m. It's Missy Bots, uh, Yoni Z. It's brand new. Album is called Ahava. Yoni Z with us live via telephone on a Monday. We're calling it a new music alert Monday. You know, Yoni Z, you got to give me an adjective. Exciting does not cut it. What is it? What is it? There's something about your music, and I'm sure people have said this to you, so you could tell me what they've told you over the years. There's something, a description of your music that makes that sets it apart, that makes it different than everything else. Thank you what so is, much. What is it? What's the word? What's you know, the... I'm, I'm going to use a word that I once heard Nahum Sieg use on Hask 18. Remind me. <laughs> on Hask 18, Nahum Siegel used the word, and I remember thinking, well, that sounds familiar because it's got Z's in it. Pizzazz. That was a word you used. I like Do you that. remember that? Yeah, I, I recollect. You were, yeah. yeah, you were talking about, um, I think it was on uh, one of those uh, one of those uh, parts of Hask where there was a, uh impersonation of right. different singers. Right. And you used the word this singer has pizzazz, and I and I and I maybe, maybe it's pizzazz, but I think that there's something about the music that really hits people and it comes to life. Yeah, there's and, something. Um, it's very bright and lively, very bright and lively, yeah. and that's yeah. uh, you know not everybody's got that. And uh, and for some and, and it's not just that you sing like that; you write like that. Like you, you the, I do write like the, that. The music comes out like that. And by the way, I think there are, and there are a million yeah, ex- sure. and there are a million examples. Like it's, I, I don't want people to think like you know this is this is the first time we're analyzing your stuff there are a million examples uh, over the thank years you. of what you've done that you know would fit into that bright and lively category thank you i think i think there are two camps today in jewish music that are that are successful they're the singer songwriter camp like that you like the yishai rebos right. kind of you know that sound that i think people very much connect to because people really need to connect to the music if people are not connecting to music then we've missed the whole point i think that that's one camp and the other camp is creating music that really makes people you know, feel emotions and either it, it doesn't even have to necessarily be only exciting, but like crown is not necessarily exciting, but it is exhilarating. It's a slower paced song, but there's emotions in there that do make you feel certain, like, you know, catch your breath kind of moment. And yeah. that's something I try to infuse in every song. It jumps out at you. I mean, I know that we're dancing around yeah. whatever the real term is, but it just jumps out at you. There's something about the selections. Anyway, Yoni Z is with us, and a lot of the great success that he's had is because of that style that we're describing here on the air at JM and the AM. The brand-new album is called Ahava. You can check it out via uh, CD and USB. You can also check it out, of course, digitally, like the majority of people do yeah. these days. And it's, that would, it's everywhere digitally, everywhere yeah. you can find. That's where I would figure at this point. It is everywhere, and people could take advantage. And we give you the, uh, the honor, as we keep saying, of, uh, of, of, of uh, choosing what to play on this new music alert Monday here at JM and the AM. What uh, what strikes your fancy next for the JM and the AM audience? Oh, let's see. Uh, oof, let's see. Should we go with an English or a Hebrew? Oh, let's do an English song. Not a bad idea. What do you got in an mind? An English song? Yeah. Um, so there's uh, there's actually a song on the album called Stripes. Sure. And um, it's, it basically describes um, the day that Mashiach comes. and it's. Uh, but I basically tried to create in the, on the album to take familiar subjects that that we all know as Jews, but to 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 stylistically repackage them. And basically, the con- the concept is Hashem saying to us, "Step right up. You've earned your stripes. Listen up. It's a sign of the times. Gullus, let us say goodbye. I'm leaving all the pain. I'm leaving you behind." Nice. Um, so and, you know, we kind of did it in this almost rock, borderline country feel. And um, yeah, but let's go for stripes. The first, we'll do Stripes in a second, the first song of yours we ever heard was how long ago and what was it? It was, um, my first single was Ida, and that was in the end of 2015, I believe. Yeah. Amazing. That was the first single I wrote, yeah. It's been a good run, to say the least. Stripes, brand new, Yoni Z, you're listening to a new music alert Monday at JM in the AM. Home again. 
surrendering to me My child, my beloved, and I know how hard you tried I've heard your every prayer, I held you when you cried My promise of forever is right before your eyes I leave it cause the moment's This is brand new from Yoni Z. It's a new music alert Monday at JM and the AM. Check out the brand new album entitled Ahava. Have you had the success uh, internationally? What does Israel and what do other countries think of Yoni Z? Well, uh, Baruch Hashem this week, um, I'm heading off to Rome today mm. for a little bit. And then after Rome, I'm heading off to Israel where we're going to be doing a series of television and, uh, and radio interviews. So there's definitely been a really good feedback from, you know, Israel and Baruch Hashem Europe. I have uh, three nights in London coming up soon wow. um, and a couple of other places that, yeah, different things that are coming up this winter. We were in Amsterdam, Estonia. Um, so I don't want to leave anywhere else. You were, in, uh, you were been, in Estonia? I was in Estonia. The Crown Music video. I don't know if you've seen it, but the Crown Music video was actually filmed in a castle in Estonia. We needed that medieval architecture and to do it in the budget that would make sense and a lot of moving pieces and we actually ended up filming that in Estonia. So that was quite the experience. Wow. That, I can only yeah, imagine. Yeah, whoever hasn't seen it should check it out. <laughs> I can only imagine <laughs> what that was like. Um, yeah, it was tough. Enough. You don't seem the type to leave the studio if it's at 99%. It sounds it sounds like the way your <laughs> the way your music is laid down, it sounds like if it's not 101%, you're not you're not wrapping it up for the day. That is a hundred percent true. Um, you know, it's actually, I'll tell you a little funny story that happened. Um, there's a song on the album called that's my song. It's the last song on the album. And, uh, basically I was sitting with Schleimi Zaltzman who arranged the music of the entire album top to bottom, major, major round of applause to Schleimi for the incredible job he's done. And, um, we were sitting and, and I was trying to figure out, I was trying to hack a chorus for that's my song. So I wrote the letter A, I wrote the letter B, the pre-chorus, and I, I just couldn't hit the chorus. I wasn't hitting the mark. And it was about 9 p.m. and we were recording since 9 a.m. that morning. And uh, I'm trying, and we're about to get to the chorus, and I'm about to try to, to come up with something. And uh, Shlemy goes, he just, he just, like, literally the second I'm about to punch in that vocal, he just stops the mic and he goes, done for today. <laughs> That's what he does. He goes, done for today. And I go, and I go, do that again. I'm like, I'm like, Turn the mic on. Turn the mic on. And basically, the chorus goes, that's my song. So turn it up. Play that soon. And it came from Schleimi going, done for today. I love and it. And just walked out. 
And I was like, and it just to say, you know, it goes to what you're saying. It's like, yeah. nope, if we're at 99%, we ain't leaving the studio. Well, when we're at 101%, then we will walk out of the studio. And what a challenge it is, I'll tell you. To get from 99 to 100 sometimes takes an effort, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's like running the marathon, but it's really getting to the finish line. Yeah, you know, the first few miles is not that difficult necessarily, but it's really taking it home that makes it all, it makes it all matter. Yoni Z is with us. The brand new album is called Ahava. Check it out, everybody. There's something for everybody on this, and it's a 12 songs, uh, including some of the great singles that, um, well, well, am I right or wrong? Is, is Crown the only one or there's another single on there? There was another single on there, Bowie. Uh, right, the Bowie. Song. Right, we, play, Bowie, we, actually Bowie. Played that. we actually played that late last week. Um, oh, did you? Yeah. And, uh, How, how's the feedback to the album? Let me ask you, Nachum, what are, what are, what are people saying when you play the album? I, think, it, I think it's bringing a collective smile to the Jewish music listener's face. Let me put it oh, that way. Oh my God. I, you literally, I couldn't, you couldn't have, you couldn't have made me happier. Well, before. that's the way it you is. I'm telling you, there's something, you know, we say bright, we say lively, then there's something about it. There's just a, uh, you know, and this is not to, not to minimize all the other efforts out there. Some amazing artists out there with great, no, great, great material, but I, I don't know. You, you get, it seems to me you get on stage and you get in the studio and you just have a a, a certain uh, x factor that just you know brightens up uh, all this great music and you know the music in itself is uh, is is wonderful i'm sure you feel it is on paper and when you first get into the studio but there's just you know the toss in some yoni z and you have a great product <laughs> <laughs> yeah you need that you need the sauce you need the sauce yeah Exactly. um, And it sounds like you're really, it sounds, not that other artists aren't, but with you, it's just evident that you're really into it. Simple as that. No, thank you. I really, we really do our best. And like you said, you know, I think that something I always tell kids when they come up to me younger, you know, or or teenagers and they're like, you know, I want to be a singer. And I always ask them this question because, you know, you obviously want to be sensitive to a young kid who wants to become a singer, but you also want to make sure that, you know, they don't go down a road that's something that's not necessarily for them. And I always ask them the same question. I ask them, what is your X factor? Ask yourself what's going to make you stand out in the room. So for example, if you look at the recent years, all the famous acts that have really catapulted forward, they've come with something new to the table, whether it was Ace Day or whether it was Zusha or Nisi Black or God Elbaz or, or Benny Friedman. Everyone had an angle. So I always ask people, like, make sure you have an angle. You know, what's your angle? Make sure to come with something that no one's heard before because that's really what's going to set you apart because, you know, there's no shortage of what we call the Shabbos table singer or the, or the nephew at the chuppah, the nephew at the chuppah singer. Um, and, and obviously not to put it down, every family should have someone singing. If they feel like there's someone in the family that sings beautifully, they should sing at their family. Sometimes that's what life, it's a circle of life. And if we're not going to sing for our family, who will? But I always ask kids who want to become a singer, find your X factor, then start running with it. hundred percent. And the hall of famers, the old timers, they also had an X factor and that's the reason they were successful. And you're making a really good point. hundred um, percent. I mean, if you look, yeah, if you look back at anyone who made it, even in you know in the eight in the seventies or the eighties, if you're looking at Avram Fried or Mordechai and David or or Daddy or you know or anyone that you're looking at from that era, um, and then later you know followed obviously by Yahweh Shweki, Lipa Schmelzer, they all came with something original. Between them, there were many singers. There were many young guys that tried their hand at it, but it was really about like what made them stand out and what made them stick that makes people go. Hey, you know what? There's something about that guy or his music that I really connect to. And that intuit, the intuit factor that I mentioned uh, regarding you just a few minutes ago, you know, that stick to itiveness, so to speak. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you've seen it. You've seen plenty of people release an album or a single or, you know, start a career, so to speak. And, you know, it peters out after a few months. But uh, those who, who've really stuck with it and have loved it and, and, and that love has come across in their music, uh, those are the ones that have been extremely successful over the years. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you know this better than anyone. I mean, you've spoken to every Jewish singer under the sun and for years now. And I think that people don't realize sometimes what it takes to be a singer. And people go, oh, you know, the Jewish music industry, it's not like the secular music industry. And in, in a way, it's actually much harder. Yeah, it's 10 times there harder. Are a lot more, there, are a lot, there are a lot more rules and regulations. Yeah. You can't do whatever and, and there you aren't want. Near, and there aren't nearly as many resources and staff members that they have in the secular music world. Right, and part of the reason why I actually ended up writing this album alone um, was simply because there weren't enough staff and resources, definitely not during COVID. And it turned out to be the biggest blessing because I ended up writing the album on my own without right. much help. But, um, I mean, Yochanan Gordon from Five Towns, he, he wrote a beautiful song. Other than that song, 
I, I either wrote or co-wrote everything. But yeah, like you're saying, there are limited sources and, you know, we got to make it work. And, and, and there's so many crowds within the Jewish music world. So, for example, if you're a guy like, you know, take even Alex Clare, okay? So he's a internationally successful Jewish music artist. Um, well, not Jewish music. He's a Jewish artist that is successful right. internationally. Right. And a guy like Alex, you know, I actually saw him last night at the OHEL and we were talking about this. Um, and I said to him, you know, Alex, you don't have to, you know, listen to what anyone has to say. You're kind of like, this is my music, goodbye. And within the Jewish music community, it's like, how do you nail down the Litvisha community, the modern community, the Heimisha community, the Hasidic community, the Sephardic community, and, and so on. <laughs> and you really want to make sure that people connect. And it's like, you know, it's almost like you got to create a, a really, really good buffet for it to all come together while also not losing that, you know, that, that Kab Hamam shit that goes throughout an album. Yeah, either a buffet or selections that just appeal across the board, which is so hard to do. All right, Yoni Z, uh, we'll wrap things up. Tell us how you'd like to leave the crowd uh, with what selection before you head off to Rome and Israel. So just two questions. First sure. question, so I just have one question for you before I do that. Sure. Nahum, how can I spread the word? After what's happened with the studio, how can I spread the word for people to come and help in any way they can? Because uh, I know that there well, was I, a, I appreciate a, that very much. In fact, it's funny because you probably would have been in studio this morning if we had a real studio. <laughs> so, okay. So, so it's, one more reason. One more reason for me to to talk about. In it. fact, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Uh, no joke. That I mean, you're one of the people that when we do rebuild our studio when it's complete, uh, you know, a full length conversation about some of the stuff we touched on this morning would be really cool. So you know, we'll hopefully I'd do that. To. And maybe we'll even be able to maybe able to do some live music and all that stuff. Um, uh, spread the word. Honestly, at this point, it's I, I, I know a lot of people have uh, uh, been informed about it, know about it, have been uh, reaching out, and have been extremely helpful and generous. Um, at this point, if you could just uh, you know people you see, especially in our industry, uh, just make sure, sure. that just make sure that they're aware of what's going on. You know, are you are you okay. are you aware of what's happening at the Nahum Siegel Network? That would probably be the best way to do it. All right, I'll do that then. Appreciate that. I will do that. Uh, regarding the final song, I guess let's go with the title track, Ahava. Oh, good idea. It's, uh, yeah, that's, that's what's inspired the album. Is just it, it, When it came down you know, after COVID, I was like, if there's one word, I can just encapsulate everything I'm trying to say to people. It's just love one another a little bit more. Ahava Sinam is really what's going to bring Mashiach, and I feel like that's what this song is all about. Yoni Z, love your messages, love your music. Good luck with Ahava, the brand new album. We will do the title track. Thank you for having me. A hundred percent. And in terms of Rome and Israel, we'll say Nesiatova. Enjoy the journey. Thank you so much, Amen. Thank you so, so much. Yoni Z, this is how we'll close things out, as he suggested, rightfully so, with the title track from Ahava on a Monday, New Music Alert Monday at JM in the AM.
with Ahava. It's brand new from Yoni Z. Title track here at JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Yoni Z. Thanks so much for tuning in. Keep it right here for plenty of amazing programming and more on NSN, the Nahum Single Network.